Hello and welcome back to Pairing, a podcast where we pair wine with art and pop culture. I am your host, Emma Sherjarko, and in this episode, we are discussing my newest obsession, Mass Effect, with my very good friend, Philippa Werner. As many of you may know, either from past episodes or following me on social media, one good thing that came out of 2020 for me was beginning to play video games in my 30s. Winston and everyone else told me that Mass Effect was incredible, and so I finally played through the original trilogy a few months ago, and as I said, I'm fully obsessed. It's now one of my all-time favorite space stories, if not just stories of all time, and so I was so excited to talk with Philippa about it, and I hope you enjoy our conversation. I decided to split said conversation into two parts, and in this first half, we talk about stuff like our favorite characters, romances, and squad members, as well as what we think they drink, while in the second half, we get a little bit more into the bigger themes of the game, so you have that to look forward to in our next episode. There are big spoilers for all of the games in here, so if you haven't played or haven't played all of the games, not including Andromeda, I'm talking about just the original trilogy, I would discourage you from listening at this moment, and I would encourage you to go play the games if that's accessible to you. I also realize I probably should have waited a couple months to release this since the um, the remastered trilogy is uh, is being released in March, I believe. Let's hope. Fingers crossed. But you know what? 2020 sucked so much, and 2021 has been rough as well, and I think it's really important to pay attention to and, and get, make space for the things that bring us joy. And right now, Mass Effect is the thing that's bringing me the most joy, so I decided now is the time to release this episode. So I hope you enjoy, and maybe it'll get you excited to play the games again. As I mentioned, Philippa is a fantasy and science fiction author writing under the names Moira Katzen and Natalie Gray. So if you have not, you should check out all of her work on Amazon, Goodreads, or wherever else you find your books. Also, as you may recall, I narrated the first book of her Light and Shadow series, Shadowborn, which is available wherever you get audiobooks, and I'm working on the rest of the series, so we'd really appreciate it if you would go check those out as well. I wanted to give an extra special thanks to our patrons who were so understanding and supportive of my need to take a few months off from pairing. Thank you to our producer-level patrons, Emma Cohen, Rena Sarame, Zoo Yorker, and Caitlin Van Horn, all of whom I would take with me while attacking the collector base, and to our advanced producer, Michael Beck, whom I would absolutely trust to save the galaxy. If you would like to join this N7 squad and support us, then head on over to patreon.com slash pairingpodcast, where you can pledge as little as $1 a month and get access to all sorts of extras. Thank you all for your patience with me as I took some time off. Or if you're just listening for the first time, welcome. And now, without further ado, here is episode 73, Mass Effect Part 1. I am so excited to welcome to pairing Philippa Werner, a dear friend of mine and also collaborator and now my my like Mass Effect guru <laughs> <laughs> guide guide through this new world that I've I've uh, discovered uh, as of like a month ago. I think it, it's been about a month. I think from beginning Mass Effect 1 to ending Mass Effect 3, I think it took me about a month. 
Which, and it's been great too because yeah. you were playing games and you're like, I don't know how long it'll take me to finish it. And then you were just like sucked completely yeah. in. Oh my God. Yes. Totally, totally, completely. Um, it, it's funny though because the um, – so video games are new to me this year. My 2020, you know, bucket mm-hmm. list was to – to get into video games and I did that and I started with The Witcher 3 which mm-hmm. is just it's a, it's an amazing game but it's just massive like mm-hmm. like just huge so I had I kind of had a skewed perception for how long everything would take cuz like I ah, think okay. it probably took me two to three months to finish all of Witcher like with all the DLCs and stuff because um, it's just it's just a massive, massive open world game. But so both I mean, I had heard from you and many other people, including my husband, um, who also loves Mass Effect, that I needed to play Mass Effect. Yes. Um, I was intimidated for a little while because I knew it was a shooting game and I yeah. attempted some other shooting games before and was like really bad and got really stressed out. Um, I managed to work through that playing these games. Wine helped a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it both it helped. It both helped and hindered. <laughs> <laughs> it, it helps was... you not care as much. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It helps you laugh when you die. You know, <laughs> five times in a row. Um, <laughs> but so yeah, so we are talking about Mass Effect. I forget if I said that or not. But um, my my new my newest and greatest obsession. I was saying to Winston, I was like, when I finished when I finished three. I was like, this is a little bit how I felt when I finished Lord of the Rings, like reading Lord of the Rings for the first time, because I did a very similar thing where I was just like, I am going to do nothing but read these books for like, I think I finished the books in like a week or something. Oh, wow. It might have been a little bit more than that. I don't remember. But it was it was quick. Like, I remember I I read them really, really fast and then had this like... (laughs) like panic attack withdrawal at the end of it and and so that's sort of sort of what happened with mass effect too um but yeah so so these games are utterly amazing the mm-hmm. story is like nothing else yeah yeah it's like nothing else and i mean you know there's elements there's there's certain sci-fi elements in the in the game that like I recognize from other shows or books or stuff like that but the but the story and the characters and the way this story is told is totally unique. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of when I was first falling in love with Star Wars mm-hmm, as a kid mm-hmm. and there was that feeling that the whole world had a feel to it. Absolutely. And I feel the same way about Mass Effect like each of the little bits that go into it fit. Absolutely, absolutely, and there's so much detail, um, and which we can, you know, we'll we'll maybe get into some of the some of my favorite details as we mm-hmm. as we as we go forward. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I wanted to ask you, obviously. So I'm, you know, in my 30s, and I just played the game for the first time. Um, what was your experience playing Mass Effect? Did you play the games as they came out? Did you? <gasps> no. I came to them later. I think they came out when I was in college. Uh-huh. And yeah, I that remember, sounds that sounds right. Right? Yeah. yeah. I remember there being a penny arcade mm. that was one of the characters standing with the other and saying, "Here is Mass Effect. This giant open pool is Mass Effect." Now swim and just push him in. <laughs> and him being like, "How do I swim?" He's like, "Yeah, just stop drowning." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, great. 
That's great. And like, I certainly felt super overwhelmed and outmatched when I got in because everyone's, you know, you're going around, you're already this military hero. Totally. Like, oh, you're the savior of the universe. And you're like, I am stuck in a corner. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Console game before. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And, and this, I'm supposed to be able to drive this car. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, um, I actually did a couple of run throughs of Mass Effect 1 where I only took Rex and Garrus with me ever on yeah, missions because yeah. they were the only two people in my headcanon that were completely terrified by my drive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love that there's, um, I've heard that there's this, the you know, kind of collective headcanon or fan theory out there that like <laughs> Shepard is just a really terrible driver. <laughs> they actually uh, give you that. This isn't spoilery, but yeah. Mass Effect Andromeda, uh-huh. there'll be paths that you're supposed to follow. And if you uh-huh. deviate even a little, People will start saying things like, you know, there's no rule that says that the Pathfinder has to drive. (laughs) (laughs) Touche, touche game. (laughs) Listen. Um, Yes. So um, I wanted to I wanted to start off by um, just doing some kind of like broad brush stroke wine pairings for these three games because they are. They are distinct. Like, they're all of a piece, but each game is distinct, I feel like, mm-hmm. um, both in its form and content. Um, and so for the first for the first game, what I was thinking of is, like, it's like a, a Chardonnay or a Sangiovese, which are two of my favorite grapes, two of my favorite wines, but, like, not quite aged enough or something. You yes. know, like... Like, it's a little young still, and it's, like, needs to figure out some kinks, but it's definitely, like, drinkable and... and Oh, yeah. Super fun. Yeah, I mean, I really I really enjoyed one. I mean, I when I go back and replay it, I don't know how I'll feel having replayed the... having played two and three. But other than, you know, other than the driving, driving the Mako, um, I think... <laughs> I think there's a lot that's, like, really fun and really cool in the first game. Mm-hmm. For the second game, I have to give it like a white burgundy, which is also made from Chardonnay. But mm-hmm. so they're the wines that in the in the in the wine world, um, white burgundies are considered like some of the best made wines. And like, oh, OK, well, I'm going to have to try this because I've yes, never had a white burgundy. Definitely. I Am will... I allowed to admit that on a pairing podcast? Absolutely. Of course. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you You also may have and just not realized it no um because i mean the real you know the the quote-unquote really good ones are quite expensive and so like oh yeah i i feel lucky when i can you know get to have some of those luckily (laughs) my my mother-in-law really likes white burgundy so sometimes uh she'll just like crack open a chassagne monrochet that like probably costs like 50 bucks just when we go over for dinner or something and i'm like okay i'm cool i'm cool with this um, but there's some that are much less, um, much less expensive. Um, and my favorite, um, my favorite appellation in, in Burgundy for like inexpensive, but really good is mm-hmm. Macon Village, M-A-C-O-N. Okay. And then like Villages. Um, oh, okay. Really, really good. And the reason why I want to give that to two is because like, I feel like two is like a perfect game just right yes like just oh my god 
in and of itself, like, like yes, it's, it's you know, par- connected to one and three, but, like, as a game, standalone, in and of itself, it's, like, perfect. Mm-hmm. So that's so that's what I was thinking for that. <laughs> and then for three, um, I wrote down here, I was like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but it's something really high in alcohol that you drink way too much of, and it gives you a hangover the next day, and you're like, oh, I'm not going to do that again, and then you do it again the, the next night. That sounds right. Yeah. Like, I was thinking, actually, <laughs> as you started saying, like, pairing things. Yeah. And I didn't think about one at first. What I thought about was two and three, and I was mm. like, I think this is one of the few things where I would give, like, a more aged, well-rounded thing to two. Yeah. And then three is just a much harsher flavor. Definitely. Um, where it's like Definitely. It's, it is what it is, but it's just like, oh, wow, this one hits really hard. You can't always do it. <laughs> it hits really hard. Um, the one, the one wine that I was thinking of for it is Amarone, which is a, um, it's an Italian red wine, which is notoriously high in alcohol. Um, they're really mm-hmm. good. They're really good, but they are, you know, they're like, you know, most most red wine is between like 13 and 14% alcohol and mm-hmm. these get up to like 16, 17% alcohol. <laughs> so, so, you know, it 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 packs a punch um a lot more. But I really like I like I think you're spot on with your instincts there. Uh so those are those are like my my broad brush strokes and then I'll talk mm-hmm. more about some there's some there's some themes in wine and winemaking that I actually think really tie in well to the questions Ooh. of Mass Effect, actually. So I'm so um, excited for this. I know, I know. I mean, I'm selling it. <laughs> I we'll see. We'll see if it actually pays off. But okay. And also, so I'll I'll put a spoiler warning in in the you know show notes and at the beginning of the the podcast oh, yes. and everything. Yes. But I think we're not gonna worry too much about spoilers for this. Okay. Because awesome. because I think it's hard to have a full conversation about everything without yes. at least some spoilers. Um, yeah, I think that's really hard. Yeah. So, so um, you know, so given that, I have I have a few questions for you that I've been wanting to ask you since we've mm-hmm. been um, since we've been communicating during my whole playthrough. Um, some questions that I have for you. Some of these I know the answer is too, but I I, I, mm-hmm. I wanted you to share. So my first question is, Paragon or Renegade? Paragon. Me too. I've tried to go Renegade twice. Mm-hmm. And um, once I tried to do it a full playthrough and I got, so right in the, in Eden Prime. Yes. If you take all the Renegade interrupts, there's the one where you go and there's these two people that are hiding. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things you can do is you can just be like, I'll. I'll leave you here. It's fine. Like, you're safe. Yeah. And then the other one is, like, you hold up your gun to, like, whack him across <laughs> the head. And you're like, say goodnight, Manuel. And he's like, I can't do that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. Christ, this man's having a panic attack. And actually, this is one of the reasons I like Caden because yeah. he's with you at that yeah. point. He's like, uh, ma'am. Yeah, yeah. Ma'am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you sure about yeah, this? Yeah, you sure about this? <laughs> I feel like, the, the, I mean, that was going to be my next question is Caden or <laughs> Ashley. Um, but we can we can get to that in a second. But what I do like about Caden is that even if you are Paragon, I feel like Caden is a nice foil. Um, because mm-hmm. even, even as... Um, even as Paragon, a lot of the time, your Paragon options mm-hmm. are like okay, I'll just hit you less hard or I will shoot yeah. just to the right of you or something like that. <laughs> it's 
like in uh, the Shadow Broker yeah, DLC. Yeah. You have the option between I will end you or I will end you painfully. Like, yes. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I think I went with painfully on that one. I So I actually gave them, and this is one of those places that the spoilers yeah, comes up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I went with the Paragon thing, mm, mm-hmm. and I said something like, is that it, Vizier? I unleashed the Rachni on the galaxy. I let the Destiny Ascension go down with 10,000 souls aboard. So I hope for your sake that your plan hinges on more than me hesitating to shoot a hostage. Actually. And I was like, I got Paragon points for that? Actually, I think I must have chosen Paragon because I remember <laughs> saying that, so. <laughs> Which, speaking of which, I'm going to skip ahead. Let the Destiny Ascension go down. I will die on this hill. Oh, yeah. Me too. <laughs> Me too. I I don't think it's, like, a morally correct decision to make to try to save it. Like, no. Like, no, I do not. That's one of the few renegade Paragon things that I really disagree with. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it, to me, it, it just, like, it doesn't make sense. Like, yeah, I get, yeah. I get You've there's. Got, like, this civilization ending ship. And you're like, right. well, do we divert part of our firepower to protect this tiny sliver right. of stuff? And you're like, no. No. First of all, they've been useless the whole time. I mean, I get there's, you know, 10,000 other people on the ship. and Still balanced against the galaxy. Yeah, still balanced against the galaxy. Like, if this, if, if this ship takes over, like, we're all screwed. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that 100%. So um, as to my question, Caden or Ashley, yes. um, I, ah, I, yes. I get the sense that at least at least once or twice you've chosen Caden. I have always chosen Caden, actually. Um, I've heard that from a lot of people. I've heard, well, I've heard both both sides. I, yeah, it's for me, like I get some of when people say, well, she's not more racist than, for instance, Rex or um, Morden. Right. Or, and there is something to be said for that. But sure. there's also something to be said for the fact that humans were the ones that caused all of her family's problems. Yes. Like, it wasn't actually the aliens. It was the humans that did it. Yeah. And then also, like, you're that early in the game. Yeah. And you've got one person who's just like, I am here and I'm going to work. And another person that every time you go talk to them, they're like, I'm not sure about our teammates. Yeah. No, I I, <laughs> I agree 100%. And, I'm, and, I, and I would hope, I imagine, that part of the game is if you do choose Ashley to survive. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's the big one in the in the first game. Um, if, if you do choose Ashley, she will grow out of that a little bit. But she does. It's kind of well. What makes me wonder is in Mass Effect Andromeda, there's a character named Cora who mm-hmm. a lot of people find to be incredibly grating. Mm-hmm. And I did on my first playthrough, mm-hmm. and then I did all of her quests on the second playthrough, and now it is one of my favorite characters. Interesting. Interesting. And so I don't know if that would happen with Ashley, but it's just like, it's such a big commitment to make to bring one yeah. person through the whole thing. Yeah. And you're like, well, I don't want to do my perfect playthrough and be like, oh, well, that would have been the perfect playthrough, but I really should have kept Kate. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I I am also I I kept Caden alive in this one, and I'm going to do it the next time because God damn it, I'm going to seduce him. Um, sure. I, I, sure. I I blame my husband for this um, because what what I learned after the fact is that he never actually played the all the way through Mass Effect One. So oh, okay, I was so wondering why he, he had told you. Yeah, and and you know, I mean, and in two and three. 
it seems like, you know, you get one paramour, but there are some other options for, like, flings along the way. Oh, yeah. With... You can always screw Kelly. Right. The really creepy Sardaris. Right. Yeah. I know. We'll, get, we'll get to Kelly. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, and, and, like, and I think in some instances, like, with Jack, you can do stuff with Jack without her being yeah, a paramour. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. Um, but so... Um, but so I think that's what he was thinking. Um, and so I was like, okay, cool. And so I just flirted with both Caden and Liara the whole time. And then at a certain point in the game, I don't remember what I would have, what I would have said to make this decision. But then at a certain point in the game, it was Liara coming into my bedroom. And I was like, oh, well, this is, I guess that happened. Yeah, I guess that happened. (laughs) This is fine. It just wasn't what I was expecting. Um, <laughs> you're an awful lot more blue yeah, than yeah, I thought yeah. you were going to be. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so so I, I I I'm determined to 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 successfully romance Caden mm-hmm. um, the next playthrough, which of course makes Horizon hit that much harder. Yes, I know, too. which I'm so ready for. I'm so ready to be just emotionally <laughs> devastated <laughs> in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it was funny because I, I mean, there's, there's definitely things in two that can be really, really hard and devastating, I think, but three is like built to tear your heart out oh, yeah. and I, like trample on it. <laughs> it's what was, Thessia was the yeah. mission where it completely got me because you've, you know, yeah. you've been Commander Shepard and no matter what goes wrong, you're still Commander Shepard. And then you walk out of Thessia with this, like entire population destroyed yeah. and the vision of her just leaning against the bulkhead mm-hmm. she can't even stand up mm-hmm. straight during the video conference yeah like, oh yeah it's yeah it's really powerful and and the sense of loss and like that happens no matter what you do is is my understanding yep um you know there's other things that happen in three that are that are totally devastating and some of them happen no matter what and some of them happen mm-hmm you know, if you make certain decisions. Um, but that one, that one is like, no matter what. And that, and that brings me to Liara, who I think is a Mm -hmm. really interesting character. The more, the more I kind of like ruminate, the more I think about how like tragic her story is. And Oh, interesting. Well, well, because, you know, when you start off with her, I mean, it, I, you know, it depends on what order you do things and who you bring with you on what quests. But, like, I brought her with me to Novaria in one. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you basically have to watch her watch her mother die. Um, mm-hmm. You know. Although that's the only way she gets closure. That's true. That's true. Definitely. But. but Ish. Yeah. As much as you can in a 30 second conversation. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There. Like, like she seems fine after after it happens. She's like. She had, it's fine. I'm fine. She had to die. I was like, really? Are you sure you're not going through anything? Like, nothing? Wow. Sorry. I'm really well adjusted. But so, but to me, at least that's, I mean, that seems like a sort of devastating thing to have to go through. Oh, yeah. Regardless of, of whether, you know, her mom was. And then never having known her father. Now, did you find out who her father was? I don't think I did. No. Oh, do you want me to tell you? Sure. Okay, because I imagine I'm not the only person who has played the game but did not experience this little morsel, I'm cutting this part out of the episode. If you would like to hear either the answer to who Liara's father is and or my reaction to discovering it, 
let me know. You see, I have so much to look forward to because there's so much that I didn't do. Like, because I, I mean, I downloaded, uh, I, I did Lair of the Shadow Broker in mm-hmm. two and I did the Citadel DLC in three. But I know there's a lot of other things and like there's other characters oh, and other squad mates you can have. And let me just warn you. Yes. That Overlord, the final uh-huh. scene of Overlord. Okay. In the remastered graphics is going to be. Epic. Oh my God. There are already, well, not epic, devastating. Oh no. Like there are people that are just like, oh my God, I, I'm not sure I can play this with the remaster. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh no. Well. I uh, I look forward to figuring out what that means because um, I have a feeling I I I I don't think I'm going to be able to wait for the remaster for my next right. replay. Yeah. But then, so I'll probably do one more replay before that happens. Mm-hmm. Get the remaster and enjoy yeah. the pain freshly and in higher <laughs> definition. Um, okay, so this sort of leads me to oh, and the other reason I was I was going to say Liara has this kind of tragic story is is because of Thessia and like the, mm-hmm. the scene that you have with her after Thessia where she's just like lying on the bed and just mm-hmm. feeling like totally helpless. She's still pretty stoic about it, but it's but. still it's still a pretty poignant moment. And then in my in my story, it's particularly tragic for her because I did romance her in one and then I eventually mm-hmm. turned her down in three. Mm. Um. So you know, I just felt. Did you go with them three? Garrus. I oh, I did. Right. I did Garrus space to beans. to uh, space beans. <laughs> <laughs> According um, to Bioware. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um. Oh my God. For those of you who don't know, um, Philippa shared with me. <laughs> A, a Tumblr blog uh, called Bioware According to Mom. It's amazing. I will put the link in the show notes because Absolutely. It, it actually helped heal my heart after <laughs> playing the game because I was, <laughs> it was like a really kind of cathartic process of watching this mom just be hilarious and amazing at Mass Effect. <laughs> and like disturbingly renegade. Yes, disturbingly renegade. But yes. But yes, for some reason she calls Saren sour beans. Yes. And that makes Garrus space beans. Or or so. nice beans. Or I think, nice beans. I think it changes. And eventually he's just beans. Yep. Um, and, beans. Uh, and she traumatizes her daughter by um, saying lots of very... And Caden is space Alistair. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> It's pretty, it's, it's, it's so great. It's so perfect. I think my favorite moment is when she talks about driving the Mako because apparently she's really good at driving the Mako. Yeah. But at one point she's like, drove off a bridge. Oh, yeah. And, and, and the daughter is like, is like, oh, I thought you were so good at this. And she was like, no, I did it on purpose. I was going to die. Victory or death. It's <laughs> like, oh my God, you're amazing. It's so good. It's so good. Um, okay, so yes, I, I did romance Garrus, and mm-hmm. I have to say it was weird. It felt weird at first. Like it felt wrong. Like when you start flirting, <laughs> when you start flirting with him, you're like, did I really just say that? Like <laughs> You have mandible. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. Don't think of don't think too hard about the like logistics of it but <laughs> but the i can't not i keep i know that, like my lips would get caught i know i know the, the 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 yeah i know it would it it would be uncomfortable great great sacrifice turians <laughs> high risk high reward <laughs> um but but the the dialogue in and 
especially like the extra stuff in the Citadel DLC with him. It's just it's so good. And like it's mostly it's it's really it's really funny, but it also gets very sweet and Aww. like heartbreaking um, at times. So highly recommend doing it at some point. But I wanted to ask you, do you have a romance that you normally go for or a, or do you ha- have well, different options? Or by the way, I have I'm different options. I'm assuming that you mostly play FemShep as well. I do. Yeah. I started playing Male Shepherd, and I've been told that I should actually stick that out for an entire thing. I feel like I do that once, you know? Yeah. I would like to romance Caden in Mass Effect 3. Yes. Male Shepherd. Yes. And I heard that there was maybe some hullabaloo about that amongst, you know. There, well, you know, the best, uh, the best and the best of, uh, you know, the gaming community. Yeah, exactly. Well, it was actually Bioware. It was during Dragon Age 2 mm-hmm. when there were gay romances. Mm-hmm. And a whole bunch of gamers got really, really upset about it and right. said something about, um, well, you, we're your core base and you shouldn't be making a game for anyone except us, basically. Right, right. Which was uh, insane on the face of it. Yeah. Uh, for several reasons. Um, one being that it was just insane. The yeah. second being that they're, <laughs> in fact, not Bioware's core base. Right, There's right. A- I think it's more women than men yeah. play Bioware games. Yeah. And the third being, and Bioware actually said this in their statement at the time, you have been pandered to for so long mm-hmm. that equality feels like oppression. I was like, oh, oh wow, wow, I did not expect to hear that come from a game company. Yeah, wow, way to go Bioware. <laughs> yeah, and so that was, it was either Bioware or EA, I can't remember mm-hmm. who was mm-hmm. running which game at the time. Yeah, who knows. But like, and that was, that was very much their their ethos and I loved right. that. Um so in my first playthrough I romanced Caden and I love the Caden romance in Mass Effect 1. Yeah. It does make me uncomfortable on replays afterwards just mm. like the disparate power between the two of them. Right. Um which you see a lot more if you try to romance Vega in 3. Interesting. Because, so cuz you can and he, yeah. during Citadel and he's clearly right. really uncomfortable with it. And yeah. if you press him hard enough he will go through with it but it, he's clearly does not yeah. feel good. Which is I think a good thing to have an experience yeah, of, especially yeah. as a woman, is just like that power differential. Right. Um, and so in one, it's clear that Caden is is on the same page as you, but it still feels icky right. uh, in some ways, Yeah, I love that romance. Sure. Now, in the current playthrough that I'm doing, I romanced Liara in mm-hmm, one because mm-hmm. my headcanon was very much that she and Shepard were both like specialists mm-hmm. who were very good at what they did, yeah. but just totally incompetent at everything else. Yep. <laughs> and so they kind of helped each other become badasses and like sure. they had a really great relationship and then they part ways into it, just having become what they are. There's no bad blood. It's just like right. okay, well, our lives are taking us different places. Right. Um, you're running the largest information broker network in the galaxy and yeah. I'm, you know, Going through the Omega 4 relay. Right. Yeah. So that's slightly slightly different. <laughs> but normally in two, I have never romanced anyone in two, actually. Really? I've never done a romance. Wow. Um, one, because I couldn't see well, Jacob just turned out to be deeply boring. So there was that. Yeah, I yeah. I've heard I've was... heard that romancing him is pretty boring. And as a character, he's the he's like the only one, maybe not the only one. 
I don't dislike Jacob. I just feel like he's he's kind of gets the least fun yeah. stuff into in some ways. Yeah. He's kind of all he really does. one note. He's kind of a stick in the mud and um, Yeah. Anyway. My headcanon for two though has just always been that like Shepard had this life. It's all crashed down around them. Like specifically yeah. if it's if it's Caden, um, right, and you see him on horizon, and he just turns you down. Yeah. Um, and then there's like a little bit more after that, which I won't spoil you on because you haven't done that. Oh well, thank you. Before. Thank you. But suffice <laughs> to say, it's not like you wind up in each other's arms. Right. Two. I do know that. Um, I do know that. <laughs> yeah. And so, just like between that and the fact that they're going on a suicide mission, I just don't see her really going with anyone. Sure. Sure. Although I have once or twice, um gone after Samara, like knowing mm. that it was doomed from the start. But right. Just like, right. Hey, maybe we could, you know, we're two doomed people doing doomed yeah. people things. Yeah. And she gets super flustered. And then Kasumi laughs at you. <laughs> <laughs> See, I would I would what I intend to do, because I also know <laughs> that this is gonna rip my heart out again, is um is to to romance Thane into mm. because I feel like he also has kind of a tragic doomed you know yeah. I mean because he's got a terminal illness and and I've heard I've heard from people who have romance thing that it's like very beautiful and very sad um, oh yeah I mean um, I know what happens to him are. I know mm. it, I know what happens to him in three so you know yeah I'm, I'm fine I know where it's going <laughs> <laughs> yeah nothing nothing lifelong there no um, no but i could see but i could see like wanting to make a connection you know with with somebody knowing that you may both you know be yeah dead soon. absolutely that's that that would be my head canon but um, yeah now if samantha trainer had been mm, instead of kelly chambers and two i would yeah. have gone with trainer trainer's great um, i love her yes she is my favorite. I would have romanced Miranda if that was an option for Femship. Yeah, yeah. That's a bummer that that's not an option for Femship. Yeah, and then in three, I have not found a satisfying romance. I've done both Liara's and Cadence, and I haven't really liked either of them in three. Go do Garrus. I swear. I swear you won't be disappointed. <laughs> Forget the mandibles. <laughs> Don't think about I his hands too much. <laughs> oh, now I'm thinking about the hands. I know. I know. I'm sorry. I couldn't help it. <laughs> but yeah, no, but what you were saying before about, because like I definitely did like flirt with James because you can, you can flirt with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at a certain point, like you kind of get it to a point and he gets really uncomfortable. Um, mm-hmm. And I wasn't even like actively like trying to, romance him or anything i was just like i'm kind of curious to see where this goes because you talk a big game but Mm -hmm. um i forget i forget where i was going with that but there was there was a connection romance in three maybe maybe something about the room oh yeah at a certain point if you talk with him he asks if you're romancing garris he asks you like about (laughs) garris's anatomy (laughs) you do not answer (laughs) well and uh let me just say be a little bit careful when you search for mass effect stuff on etsy because oh no (laughs) (laughs) uh you will find people's headcanon i bet i will i bet i will (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious but 
I have to say I found I ended up finding the Garrus romance like very satisfying and very oh, and very sweet. Um, you know, it starts mm-hmm. out very awkward and by the end gets very, very sweet. See, so, that, that works for me because my shepherd is very awkward. Yeah. Like, it's it's best summed up with their dancing on the dance floor where they're just, like, exactly. standing there and yeah. like, no one's yeah. shooting at me. Yeah. Doing it right? <laughs> I don't know how to deal with this. I also love, I love the shepherd being a terrible dancer jokes. Um, those, those are amazing. This is highly relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Okay, so we've talked about a bunch of these people, and so I wanted to give a few of them little wine pairings. What I think, Ooh, what yes. I think, which wine either they would like to drink or um, kind of encapsulates their personality mm-hmm. um, as best I can. So, again, for Ashley, it's hard because I didn't spend that much time with her. Um, I found out she wanted Caden, and then I killed her like a day after that. <laughs> I felt so bad. It's like, oh. Oh, see, I remember. I remember a conversation with her where like her sister thinks that Caden's cute or something, but then she's like, "Don't worry, I'm not interested in him." So. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if that's like a a difference in like Paragon or Renegade options or or whatnot. Um, or like how how much you've romanced Caden or like flirted with Caden up to that point, perhaps maybe, because um, she's like I can tell he's interested in somebody else. Wink, wink. Oh. Um. So, but I think Ashley would be Tempranillo, which is a which is the grape of Rioja. So so it's very mm-hmm. like kind of spicy red wine, and I because she's you know. Yeah, she's a bit racist, but uh, she's got some <laughs> she's got some fire to her. You know, she's got spunk. Oh yeah, but yeah, no, I agree. I, that's the other thing I have a hard time with is just like her constant xenophobia. It's not cool. It's not great. And then Caden, um, I for some reason I, I I came up with this the other night. I don't remember. I had a good idea for it, and it feels sort of right. I don't remember why. Um, but for him, I came up with Grenache or Garnacha. Grenache. I've never had that. Grenache in France, Garnacha in Spain. Um, mm-hmm. It's a grape that if you've ever had like a Cotarone um, oh, or yeah. something like that, that's Grenache is usually the primary grape of that, but okay. it's a blend. So it's um, it's one of my favorite grapes, and it often gets, I don't know, I not not overlooked necessarily, but it's like not what people think of when they think of like the great wines of the world, um, mm-hmm. except when it's used as part of a blend um, in the Rhone okay. Valley in, in France. That's where it's considered, like, one of the great grapes. But it's usually, like, on its own, it's, it's a, it, you know, it's a red wine. It's, it's pretty low in tannin. Um, it's very smooth. Um, it's oh, very, nice. very pretty wine. And I don't know. I mean, Caden's very pretty, so maybe that's why. I he's thought very that... pretty, and he's uh, very... Uh... Like, I've heard a lot of people say that they were just bored to tears by Caden. Yeah, and but I was it's not. It's one of those things that it's like, I wasn't, but I see how you got that. Definitely. Like, you have to be paying attention and you have to go down all of the... Like, he's one of those people where his quietness and his very smooth demeanor takes on a whole new shape once you learn about, like, his past and the... Definitely. ...training and all of that. And you're like, oh, okay, you're just trying to keep it together. Yeah. No, You've got I... a temper. <laughs> yeah, and I and I appreciate that, and I appreciate that that gets developed more in mm-hmm. the second and third games too. You know, to the extent that you see him in the second game, and mm-hmm. um, and then much more in the third game, you get to see that kind yeah. of like temper and like unruly side oh, of yeah. him. 
So yeah, I'm team Caden all the way. Um, yay! Yay! Um, Garrus, I had to give Sangiovese the grape of Chianti and uh, Brunello in. Okay, there's actually a wine called Garrus. Like a brand wine called Garrus. So you oh need my, to look that up. Oh and my see. God, I've got to look it up. A wine yep. called Garrus. It comes up on the Facebook group every once in a while. Okay. Um, Someone will be like, apparently Garrus costs $46. Yeah. <laughs> so oh cheap. <laughs> Priceless. Uh, Garrus, you got to bump those prices up. Yeah. A bit. <laughs> yeah. So I looked it up, and Garrus is actually a $100 rose from Chateau de Clan in Provence. It's made from Grenache, which I was just talking about, and Roll, the French name for Bermentino, which you may have heard me talk about before. I love Bermentino. I obviously need this wine. It's the same company that makes Whispering Angel, so it's probably massively overpriced, but I still want it if anyone wants to give me a present. Or if anyone wants to Photoshop Garrus Vicarian into the photos on the website, the, the Chateau de Clan Garrus website, um, I will forever be in your debt because I want to see that really bad. Also, when I sent the link to the winery to Philippa, she pointed out the first review of Garrus, which is very powerful, yet subtle and full-bodied, yet so tight and compact with fantastic freshness and length. Yeah, that's a review of the wine, Garrus. Okay, all right, on that note, let's get back to the show. Regardless regardless of whether you romance him or not, Garrus is mm-hmm. one of my favorite characters. Um, he's just like, and he's also like, he's the, he's the one who's there the most unless something happens where he's not there. Because it's yeah. possible for him to die in two, I believe, because it's possible for anybody to die at the end of two, I think. <gasps> oh, that's true. Um, yeah. If you make like a really bad decision. Yeah, there are people who try specifically to do uh, death runs where as many people oh as God. possible are dead. And then there's like these Citadel photos with like three oh people. God, no. <laughs> um, Winston told me, Winston, my husband told me that when he played through, he didn't, he didn't do it on purpose, but he lost Thane and Miranda at the end mm. of two because he just didn't pick the right people. Um, I have found that for whatever reason, if I don't bring Morden with me, it doesn't matter how loyal he is. He always dies. So I always bring him with me. Really? Interesting. Yeah. I, Which um, I haven't found the reason behind that. but That's interesting. Yeah, I think I brought him. I know I brought him with me for the very last fight in two. Mm-hmm. I can't think of. Yeah, that was the very last one. Yeah. Now, who yeah. did you use to shield the rest of the group from the Seeker Swarm? Samara. Okay, I yeah. use Jack. I always use Jack. I, I, I feel like I feel like either of them could work. Um, mm-hmm. but I was like, I feel like I feel like Samara's a solid choice for this. Oh yeah, <laughs> always. Like yeah, strong strong biotics. Um, mm-hmm. and I know Jack is like supposedly the strongest biotic out there but i just like giving her something to do that like makes other people dependent on her yeah sets up her mass effect three yeah no it's good it's good to to start to teach her i i brought (laughs) her her and morden with me at the end (laughs) for the last one for the last phase of that fight and (laughs) um and i felt like that was a good choice in in a in a way like because it's forcing her to kind of step up and similarly 
Uh, okay, so so Garrus is Sangiovese. Um, I'm just going through the one the the people yeah, from absolutely. one first. Um, Rex has got to be Syrah, because <laughs> um, Syrah is like really earthy and dark fruit, high mm-hmm. tannin. It's just like either that or Rex is like that wine that's aged in whiskey barrels, which I've mm. never which I've never had actually, but I feel like that's something that Rex would would like. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, I love Rex. I was so happy when he came back for the Citadel quest. Oh yeah, and I I brought him with me with on almost every part of that because I was like, I miss you. <laughs> I should go. Do I really sound like that? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I should go. I love that. I love that. It's because it's probably like a, a an inside joke or something. Like they probably did the I should go like. 40 different ways or something. <laughs> um, oh, uh, for Tolly, I haven't talked about Tolly mm-hmm. much yet, but... Um, no. Tolly, I just came up with this one because um, we just got this wine. And this is this is probably one that y- you may not have heard of, you, Philippa, and listeners, but Chocoli. Um, no, I have not heard of it. It's a wine from the Basque region of Spain. And it's very, it's a white wine. It's very light, very, it has some effervescence to it, but it's really crisp mm-hmm. and tart, really, Ooh. really clean. Um, and so there's something, there's something about that that feels right for Tali, just kind of like, I don't know, energetically, but also for me and my relationship to Tali, because I didn't love her in the first game. It wasn't, it wasn't that. It wasn't that I didn't like her. Yeah. It's just I didn't like like her story was not the most interesting to me. I had a hard time like connecting with it at the time. And like and I also had mm. a hard time like figuring out her her like fi- you know, I had a hard time when I brought her on on missions like figuring out how her um combat work. Oh, that too. Um and then once once we got to 2 and especially once you do her like her loyalty quest in two, which is <laughs> one of my favorite of oh, the yeah. loyalty quests, if not my favorite. Like, so when you start to see where she comes from and like actually mm-hmm. see that world, she, she becomes so much more interesting to me. And so that's sort of my relationship to Chakoli as well, because, um, cause I like, I, you know, when I was working in wine stores, I sold it and it was like one of those kind of niche wines that people like, it was very popular, but like with people who like knew what it was. Like if you've mm-hmm. never heard of Chocolate, you're probably never gonna get it. But like people who know what it is are like, I'm in the know. And so then um for our honeymoon, as part of our honeymoon, Winston and I went to San Sebastian mm-hmm. in Basque Country of Spain and um and we had a bunch of chocolate there and and it just like it makes sense like with the food there and the experience, like I finally understood oh, it and appreciated wonderful. it. And so that's why I saw that parallel there between my my experience with Chakuli and my experience with Tali. Um, mm. um, and then last but not least for Liara, I wanted to give her uh, Nebbiolo, which is the grape of Barolo and Barbaresco um, in Italy, considered one of the best wines in the world grapes in the world but the reason why i feel like it's right for liara is that it has a lot of contradictions to it 
And I feel like Liara, okay. Liara is a character who has a lot of contradictions to her, and that's part of what makes her so interesting. Um, and so, so Nebbiolo, it's a very light-bodied red wine, but very high in tannin, and that's unusual. Normally, if you've got okay. like a tannic red wine that that like dries out your mouth, usually it's a little bit more full-bodied. But Nebbiolo mm-hmm. is very light. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Now, when you first discussed pairing yes. all i could think of was like what the different characters would drink yes and so what came to mind first yes was liara tell me was like uh, something terrible like honest to god yeah. terrible. she's <laughs> like this academic she lives on dig sites alone it's true and I her just like trying to classily drink this terrible terrible unaged wine yeah she'd probably <laughs> drink like like uh franzia or something <laughs> from the box which um my my constant psa is don't drink Franzia. There's other boxed wine that's just fine, but Franzia, there was like a whole scandal a while ago where there was traces of arsenic in it. It is oh. not, it is not, I mean, I don't think that's the case anymore, but there's a lot of bad right. shit in Franzia. Stay like, away don't. if you can. Yeah. Um, there's other, there's other like very good cheap boxed wine out there. Just mm-hmm. stay away from Franzia. Um, don't do it. Don't do it. But yes. Um. Okay. I love that. Um. I'm trying to think what other what other wines or what other alcoholic beverages I feel like Vega would definitely do um pink girly drinks oh my god yes with the insanely high alcohol yes yes oh my god totally (sighs) um they do they do have a scene with him and Cortez where they like do tequila shots or something or talk about having done tequila shots (laughs) that was the other thing I was gonna say for three is three is like when you do tequila shots and wake up the next morning and you're like why did I do that? <laughs> and then you do it again. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's basically, it's basically college. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I can get into some of the characters from two, but I did want to do a pairing for Joker because oh, um, yes. I love Joker. Um, and I wanted to give him Lambrusco, which is a <gasps> sparkling red wine. That's um, my favorite wine. It's so good. It's so good. I love it. And I feel like that's one that Joker would drink too. Like he would. Yeah. I think I think he'd be into it. Like he'd he'd see, secretly sip it on the side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He'd be ashamed of it. Yeah, he would, like not want to say that he was drinking. Yeah, wine. absolutely. Yeah, and that his romance is one of my favorite. Oh my god! In the trilogy, where he's like, I don't know, is this an okay thing to do? And you're like, yeah. world's ending. Man. Yeah, yeah. Do it. <laughs> Go for it. Um, here's a question I have. In one of my conversations with him, there was like a flirting option. And what? Yeah. And I took it thinking that it was like a joke, that it would be like Shepard is making a joke, but you you say it and then he just is like dumbfounded. And then he's like, I didn't realize. Like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, and then there's an option to be just like, oh, forget about it. And and so I took that option because I was like, I don't want to take this any further. So um, I don't know what that was about, but um, interesting. it was weird. Yeah. I was very unhappy with how that turned out. <laughs> I did not want to flirt with Joker. Um, love him, but yes, but uh would never get between him and Edie. Oh, no. Yes. Okay. So, oh, yes. Okay. So we sort of talked about this a little bit in terms of, like, who we like to bring on certain certain mm-hmm. missions. But do you have a favorite or, like, a, a couple favorite 
like squad members, like people to bring into combat specifically. Into combat. Um, let's see. Not as much in one. I'd mm-hmm. say Garrus in any game because he's got the yeah. combo of um, concussive shot and overload. Yeah. Which I find to be fantastic for almost everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, he's, he's, I think there's a reason they give you him in every game. Oh, yeah. He's really good. Yeah. Um, and Jack in two. Yeah. Um, with Shockwave. Jack was one of my favorites. Um, I'm trying to figure out who else. I brought I brought Jack and Grunt on a lot of missions. Yes. Because they were like my chaotic children. And <laughs> like go forth, go forth yeah, and kill. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna hide behind this thing and shoot people occasionally. You guys go. <laughs> They're very good foils for me and my combat style. <laughs> Which is Staying as far away as possible as much as I can until they attack me, and then I love melee. <laughs> oh, and, interesting! I was yeah. gonna say you should try to play adept. Yeah, apparently. well, maybe I might. Or I might. Sentinel. I might try. I was thinking I might try sentinel. Um, I mm-hmm. was gonna try sentinel this game, but then I was like, no, I should just do the easiest one. Um, and so I was just you know, the soldier. Vanguard is my favorite for all. Yeah. Of them. Winston says, says Vanguard is great too. So I mm-hmm. might, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try them. I'm going to try them. It's good. Although in three, like the combat shifts and often I would find myself just like completely across the field of battle from everyone. Yeah. Like charge and be like, right. Guys. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come, come here. Come here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, no, seriously. Yeah. No, no, seriously. I, I found when I brought Thane on quests, I would often lose him because I guess he I guess he was like hanging out somewhere like sniping people or something. But but I, I would often like go forward like very far and then be like, where is Thane? <laughs> where are you? <laughs> so yeah, it was pretty funny. And I like to bring Miranda, but that's mostly for plot reasons. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh, yeah, okay, Okay. so then my next question was going to be, um, who's your favorites character-wise? Um, like, oh. you know, not necessarily in terms of, like, who you bring on mm-hmm. in, into combat, but, like, your favorite relationships, stories. It's hard because they're all so good. Um, they are, they are. I... It's hard not to feel for Samara. Yes. I feel like she's really well done. Yeah. Um, Miranda's one of my favorites. Yes. Absolutely one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, because she's so, like, if you've ever been the overachieving child, you yes. really get the whole, like, so much is expected of me. Yes. All I can take credit for are my failures. Like, oh, right. Oh, God. Right. Yeah. And her just, like, not being sure, you know, should I go talk to my sister? Should I not go talk to my sister? Yeah. Would be better for her if, like, yeah, I feel for that. Um, totally. And so her, I love, um, let's see, honestly, I love Caden's story. Yeah. Um, because he really makes something of himself yeah. with his own talents. Like he's, a, a lot of the other people get completely drawn into Shepard's orbit. And yeah. Like part of Shepard's group and Caden is really like his own person. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, I'd say the one that challenges me the most is Tally because mm-hmm. I so strongly diverge from her on the matter of the Geth, and so mm-hmm. that gets mm-hmm. very fraught. Yes, but. <laughs> I can, I can, I can understand that. Yeah, I would say, like I said, like I, I, I get much more interested in her, but I did, I did have a hard time relating to her, like 
as well as much in one, as... she's very hero worshipy and so it's kind of yeah like, well i don't know i'm bumbling around i'm canonically like 26 like, right right <laughs> <laughs> oh god that's hard that's horrifying to think about <laughs> like right no one should ever know. yeah Give yeah. me control of an entire universe. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't want that kind of power. Um, yeah, I would say. I mean, I'd have to go with kind of the what I understand are our classic fan favorites, um, mm-hmm. Morden and Garrus. Oh, Morden. Sorry. Mor- yes. I mean, yeah. I mean, Morden. Morden is kind of a perfect character, character in a lot of ways, and that arc, like, yeah, the way it ends in three is just, yeah. And the way heartbreaking it's, perfection, and the way it's set up in two as well, because mm-hmm. like when you go on his loyalty quest, that was, that was one of the ones that I was like, man, these are really hard questions to like mm-hmm. know what the right answer is, and so I think I I think his whole his whole story and just the way he's written and acted and everything, he's he's just he's perfect. Okay, this seems like a nice moment in the conversation to pause. So we're going to pause here, and um, and you'll hear the rest of our conversation next time where we get into the ending and some of the bigger themes to talk about in Mass Effect and video games generally. So I hope you've enjoyed. We'll see you next time. Till then, drink well and be merry. Pairing was created, hosted, and produced by Emma Scherzarko, with music and audio recording by Winston Shaw and logo artwork by Darcy Zimmerman and Katie Huey. This episode was edited by Emma Scherzarko. Follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and Instagram at Pairing Podcast to keep tabs on what we're up to. And feel free to send us any thoughts, questions, requests, and pairings of your own on our website, thepairingpodcast.com via email at pairingpodcast at gmail.com or on any social media platform. Come check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash pairingpodcast, where you can pledge as little as $1 a month and get access to exclusive content, customized pairings from me, live streams, and more. Also, check out our merch store on our website at thepairingpodcast.com slash merch. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing with your friends. Thank you so much for listening to Pairing, where you come for the stories and stay for the wine.